and welcome to the Tavern Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tenkari, a bartender in the OSR, your main proprietor at the Tenkari's Tavern blog, Discord server, Mimi group, Facebook group, Twittering, and Instagram. And lest we forget, YouTube. Go to youtube.com backslash Eric Tenkar and enjoy the channel. i got bonus content going up there. Um, something that doesn't quite really fit on the podcast or the blog. And uh, get more Tavern. YouTube.com backslash Eric Tenkar. So, if you want to know the latest with the, uh, what is it, the Dungeon Hobby Shop Museum, go to TenkarsTavern.com, read today's blog post. Actually, today's post is simply about um, the pricing scheme of admission and to play the tables with, uh, well, anyone or, or, or luminaries, but in any case, interesting stuff. Also, there is an unadvertised sale going on in some, uh, oh, apparently, uh, also Village of Hamlet is one of them. Uh, I think it's uh, two expert adventures. Print on demand over a drive-thru. Again, go to tankersheaven.com, grab the link. Uh, I'll, I'll get a few uh, pennies, coppers in the uh, in the tip jar, but uh, print on demand with PDF, four ninety nine plus shipping. So damn good, uh, really insane, insane. Like I said, it's a uh, village of Hamlet, uh, Temple of Death X five, and Quagmire X six. So don't know how long it's gonna last. Might, might, might have been a mistake, but hey, make their mistake good for you. So today, though, I want to talk about the ore report. For those who don't know what the ore report is, it's what the uh, folks behind Roll20 put out to tell you what's being played based upon what's being played on Roll20. Roll20 is uh, the most used, largest VTT you have. And, especially in this world of COVID, Roll20 gives you a very good insight into what is being played. So what is being played right now? Well, over 53% of campaigns are Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Not a total surprise there, but over half the campaigns. What comes up at Spot number two, uncharacterized uh, or uncategorized. Um, that, I guess, would be uh, you're playing a game on Roll20. You don't designate what it is for the system. So you could be running anything from... And, and I'm going to say, if you're doing that, you're probably using a system that doesn't have a rule set for it. So I don't know which ones those are, but I try tons of them. Coming in, number three. Call of Cthulhu, any edition, at 11.3%. Then we have a huge drop coming in at number four. That huge drop, Pathfinder. And that's Pathfinder first edition, coming in at less than 4%. Pathfinder was the big kid on campus, right? It was the, the big bully on the schoolyard. Now, I don't know if they're treading water. Coming in after Pathfinder's Pathfinder 2nd Edition at under 
then uh, Warhammer, the different versions, World of Darkness, different versions, 3.5 D&D comes in just over 1%, and then about three-quarters of a percent, Starfinder. Now, I've talked about this in the past, but it's pretty blatantly obvious that Starfinder was supposed to be... uh, We don't want to necessarily put out a new edition of Pathfinder. Let's make a science fiction game using the Pathfinder system, and it's going to boost us. It's going to give us that pop because of the lagging sales of Pathfinder Pro books. Now, remember, Pathfinder 1E... If you went to conventions, you saw a lot of Pathfinder stuff, but a lot of it was third party. You weren't the stuff that was coming out by Paizo. Everybody pretty much had right, and, and really, how many uh, game master guides do you need, right? I mean, when they come out with like the fifth or sixth guide, well, they got the DM's guide too, and four. I mean, how many do you need? So they weren't selling core books. So Pathfinder was like, got to find Pathfinder. Like, look at those two Starfinder. We'll do science fiction. It's going to be vaguely uh, Spelljammer-like, maybe, kind of, sort of. Well, you know what? It wasn't, and it isn't, and it's pretty much a flop from a company of that size. Well, which was that size? So then they were like, all right, well, we need to sell more core books. Let's do Warhammer 2nd Edition. Well, Warhammer 2nd Edition has not even half, not even half the audience of Pathfinder 1st Edition. So not only have you splintered your audience, but you haven't gotten much traction with your new edition. Kind of sucks to them, right? Yeah, kind of. So we're going to, if you dig a bit deeper now, once you you get past that, because here's the thing. Other games, these are uh, everything else that did not fit into like the top top ten. Let me see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep. What didn't fall into that top ten categories, including uncharacterized, current char- You know, I'm a New Yorker and I can't pronounce that. That must be uh, a New York thing, right? uncategorized. There we go. Proper pronunciation. So there are actually nine systems plus uncharacterized in the top ten. Other games accounts to amounts to 11%. So 11% of the games on Roll20 probably constitute 100 plus other rule sets or more. So which ones are the ones that are, are notable? GURPS comes in at about a quarter of a percent. Mutants and Masterminds, right around there. AD&D. AD&D. First and second edition. 23%. Actually, more playing that than fourth edition, which is at 22%. Starts out number 19. We're going to swing down a little bit. Dungeon Crawl Classics comes in at 10%. I'm trying, yes. Am I aiming at stuff that is old school in nature? Certainly. Original D&D, 0.06%. That, that's not a huge percent, right? Uh, basic Fantasy RPG, 
0.6. Old School Essentials, 0.5. All right, so now, now, now we're getting to the point where we really got to start uh, ringing it out. Now, they got Paranoia here at, at 0.04%. Right there with Zweihander. Now, that's interesting. Zweihander, 0.04%. You wouldn't know that from the way it's marketed, right? You'd think it's one of the most played games out there. Apparently, it's not. Maybe it's one of the most sold games out there. Um, but hey, Open Legend at 0.04% and RuneQuest at 0.04%. That's interesting. Uh, Rollmaster, 0.03. And now we've got, now we get into the point where it's like Lamentations, 0.02. D6, I guess that's the Open D6 system, 0.02. Man, made the role-playing game, 0.02. Swords of Misery, 0.02. I had to throw out the uh, made the role-playing game because I was just like, huh? Made the role-playing game. So what does this mean? Oh, oh Ubiquity. Now, here's, um, here's my thing with Ubiquity. The Ubiquity system to me felt a lot like Swords and Wizardry, but a little bit easier to get a handle of, but apparently it really hasn't gotten much traction. Low Fantasy Gaming is also in there at 1%. And I think if we go below 1%, I don't, I don't even think they... If you go below 1%, they don't they don't even put you on a list. I, I really can't blame them, right? Uh, but here's the thing. When we say 5e drives the economy, it drives the market, it, it lifts all ships, something like the Roll20 list here, Certainly shows that. Now, will we get a market list out? Well, you know what? They're going to get they, we get that market list that's from the distributors. But you know what? That doesn't show you the same. It only shows your top five. This digs a bit deeper. And now you can see, if you go to the roll20.net and read that blog post, and you get the ore report for the third quarter of 2020, you go back and look at the old ore reports. You'll see gaming trends. Now, remember, in COVID, a lot of people have transitioned to virtual tabletops. And the vast majority that have transitioned to virtual tabletops, I can guarantee you, have gone to Roll20. It's, Roll20 is like the Kleenex of VTTs. Hand me, a, hand me a, a, a tissue or hand me a Kleenex, right? It's interchangeable. Make a copy or Xerox something. It's interchangeable. Just like D&D is like, oh, I play D&D. Really? Well, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. What kind? Oh, no, you know, I play Rollmaster. No, no. Everybody says D&D for role-playing. D20. It's, it's, it's the VT Twee, man. That everybody uh, covers. Everybody plays. Everybody uses. And if you know about VTTs, you know about Roll20. So, interesting stuff about Pathfinder. And they can't come out with another edition. And here's the other thing now about 5e, and I'm, I'm going to probably spend a minute on this before I, uh, I I log out. But somebody asked me if I thought that 6th edition was, was going to come up. And I was like, you know what? I don't really see a 6th edition coming up anytime soon. And that's because 5th edition, with these... Uh, retcons and uh, other changes they're making to how the rules are presented 
can pretty much come out with a new edition, and you might not even realize it. So long as the rules themselves are compatible, right? Doesn't make a difference if we've changed how orcs and goblins and dwarves and elves are portrayed. You might have to say, well, okay, well, how are you... You have a which dwarf do you have? Oh, you have uh, dwarves circa you know twenty eighteen and earlier in your campaign. Well, I I've got my dwarves are are from twenty nineteen on. What about you? Well, my orcs are my orcs are prior to twenty twenty. Oh, okay. Well, I have orcs that are from twenty. That's going to be that's going to be it. Okay, there's not not going to. I don't see them saying. Let's kill 5th edition and move on to 6th. No. You just change the cover on the on, on the core books and maybe you announce, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Second printing. And you make a change that way. But the rules themselves, how the rules themselves interact, not not the stuff, you know, the, the core mechanics aren't going to change. Why change it? You can see what happened with, with Paizo in this in this market, right? Paizo, the former former big buys, get their their you know ball taken away by Wizards of the Coast with 5e. And then Paizo tries twice to regain market share. Once with Starfinder, total failure. And secondly with Pathfinder 2e. Not total failure, but certainly not a success. Um which of the coast is going to learn from that? Market share is market share. And in a lot of ways, Wizards of the Coast, the value of Dungeons and Dragons isn't so much the books that it sells, but this place it occupies in the minds of people in society. If they ever decide to finally get a legitimate movie out or an on-demand TV series on Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or one of those channels, right? They get something like that. They push it along. And D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, has this market share in people's heads. It doesn't really matter whether those core books are currently selling so long as it's an instant sell in other media. Think about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm full of shit. Could be. Folks, before I forget, okay, we have a sponsor, and our sponsor is Fail Squad Games. Now, Fail Squad Games has been putting out the Maximum HP uh, magazine or zine for a couple of uh, issues on Kickstarter, starting with issue number four, which is being kickstarted right now, which is an undead issue, uh, starting with Issue number four, it's available both in first edition and fifth edition rule set. So if you were somebody who has been playing with the 5e rules and is like, oh, wow, looks cool. I like what Fail Squad does, but it's only in 1e. Nope, this time it's in both. And if you're a 1e player or an OSR player, where you know 1e can drop into any of your OSR games, um... And you're going, oh, initially this Kickstarter was only 5e? No, it's both. Don't miss out. Uh, 
do a quick Google search for Maximum HP number four. Uh, sign up, man. Back it. It's worth it. it, it Lloyd does good stuff. I'm not saying that because he's sponsoring the show. I'm saying that because I've known Lloyd for a number of years. And I own a couple of original pieces of art. I'm actually looking at one right now, which isn't even fantasy. It's uh, it's a nice wilderness scene at a a lake or a pond shore. Just black and white when he was was in inks and, I guess, uh, a wash. Not an artist. So, Lloyd, if I'm I'm misstating what your work looks like, Forgive me. I beg your forgiveness. Maximum HP number four, folks. Uh, Again, we are in the midst of a pandemic. As always, please, use your common sense. If you need further than common sense, seek professional medical advice from a medical professional. Not the talking heads on TV. Talking about medical professionals, I want to sincerely thank Laramie. From the Ten Cars Tavern, Tavern Discord server. Oh my God, Laramie st- stepped in for Rachel and I yesterday on Gamers Health. A little behind the scenes, uh, we lost our our uh, feline daughter on on Thursday. Uh, her health had gone downward spiral since last weekend. I really from like maybe Monday or Tuesday. So by Thursday, we're like we gotta take her to the ER vet, the emergency vet. And uh, after x-rays and blood work, it came back that she had cancer, and that's why she had lost uh, three out of ten pounds. So she was down to seven, and she was lethargic, and she didn't fight the vet. This girl, you had to put on the hawk gloves when you took her to the vet before. So uh, she was also 14, almost 15, so somewhere around the 86 to 90-year-old thing for... Us humans. I, I, I was not going to put her through chemo. I couldn't do that to her. So. <sighs> we put Ashley to sleep on Thursday. And Laramie reached out and st- asked us if we were up to doing the Gamer's Health episode Friday night. And I was like, I maybe probably and then as the day went on I was like I don't think we will be able to do it and as luck and God would uh, intervene we had an outdoor cat that my niece had named and uh, orange girl and she uh, was named Sadie and she Right around my birthday, late July, she took coming into the yard. And first she'd come like every other day. We weren't regulars, but we would feed her. And all of a sudden it was every day. And then she would look at first multiple times a day. And, and she'd want pets and attention. And she'd talk to us. And then uh, yesterday when it was running outside and I was going to go outside to feed her, she walked into the house. She walked in, made that decision for us. Uh, got her into a cat carrier, took her to the ER vet, had her cleared of uh, from feline leukemia and feline AIDS, and uh, we have her in right now. My parents have two cats downstairs. It's a two-family home, so we had to make sure that she would not put them at risk. She won't. We're going to bring her to the regular vet in about two weeks. We're going to try to get her, her, her shots and stuff, but... Uh, 
She wasn't cooperating today. She's, she was definitely somebody's pet, whether she was an escapee or she got lost. She's less than a year old. Uh, we don't know if she's spayed or not because they can't really tell on cats. But uh, she's a sweetheart. She's a little bit nervous, but she's settling in. So uh, God works in mysterious ways. But in any case, again, Laramie, thank you from the bottom of our heart for stepping in yesterday. It worked out really well, and it was uh, what God or fate or the universe had in store. So we couldn't have done that without Laramie's help. Folks, on that note, as always, be safe, be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And God willing, I will talk with you all tomorrow. Later, folks.